beloved. Greetings and blessings, everyone. In and out. Welcome again, welcome again. Welcome again to our continuation of building bridges, of community organizing, Rastafari speaking in oneness of voice, application of science to the collective of upliftment, walking our spirituality. Yes, beloved, I am Ross Lawrence, your host with my co-host, Ross P., as we continue on this journey, walking in Rastafari. Yes, beloved, Ross P., are you with me? Ross P.? Hard to hear when you keep going in and out. Yeah, technology. In and out. Okay, I'll get better. Yes, I'm continuing on this journey. I'm hoping I get better with this technology that's hampering me. Um, I wanted to continue. I have my guest tonight, um, Ross Pedro. Um, you know, where is it? Ross Pedro, right? Yes, yeah, Ross Pedro is a beloved brother who's an artist, a, uh, a reggae artist, and he's, he's, he's actually from Panama, and he speaks Spanish. And for me, the, it's, it's an issue of, um, for a very long time, those of us who speak Spanish has been separated and been isolated and been cut off from us. Yeah. And I want to take the opportunity to both hear the brother in of his music, and understand his journey that he's been on and some of the reason why he has, he's go down this path and how we can go into the larger community that's been in isolation for hundreds of years and separated from us. So I wanted to reason on that subject about the whole history of that and see how far we can go. Yes, welcome, welcome, Ras Pedro. Welcome. Blessing, blessing. Easy. 
Uh, because of the struggle um, of, of our family from from our place in Colón, uh, Panama, Central America, and um, and seeing the struggle of the youth, and um, seeing a lot of brothers' uh, names being called in past tense for being suffering in the ghetto and having a lifestyle of not having nothing and becoming to be um, uh, like how they call him bad man just because um, they take away the economy the economic and the resources from us in the ghetto and keep us oppressed and from coming to America and seeing the same aspect when I got here in 1983 and seeing the same energy going to Brooklyn in all the places in our in our community and I was not having enough of our suffering you know what I mean Yes, I. Oh yes, um, uh, I escaped by researching and um, and seeking unto the king. So when I came here in '83, I started seeking knowledge and wisdom and understanding, and um, and uh, see some Rastaman walking with the Bible, and uh, and it was influencing uh, uh, to me to see it. Uh, see the brother walking I was happy in reading his Bible and um and I picked it up from there and um it was a very uh, uh, very real to see what a realness of another writer Rastaman in in this time and I picked it up from there and uh, and from the family you know from being in uh, in Panama City and to build like an island coming through all the vibration and this is why I felt the 
to come into Rastafari and, and put the music from seeing and learning and, and seeking the truth of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and Carolina, the Chava Judah, and the Holy Empress, and whatever, that's the law. I've been on the journey like uh, really 20 years. Um, they call it underground, but I call it overground. So um, I've been singing with the brothers from the beginning of of this really energy of the reggae Spanish and uh, coming with Tichoman, uh, Tingo Sam, and Nando Boom. And enough of these artists that have been putting the work from the beginning, showing the Caribbean aspect of the reggae in Spanish because uh, we bring it from the aspect of our ancestors and our people that came and built the canal. And um, we picked that vibration and we felt that we had to change it to some Spanish so we could show that we could vibe with both vibration in Spanish and English. And that's when Reggae Spanish came in and the brothers in it all and some of the other brothers, Chichoman and Calito and Nando Boom and all these brothers, Tingo Sam and all our brothers that do the Reggae music and felt um, that we should show a Caribbean aspect of uh, 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 Kush, uh, African, Black, uh, Maroon, uh, speaking both Patois and Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, it, and it's patience to the way we did it and, and coming in giving the right aspect of the reggae Spanish because we didn't want to call it reggaeton. But we got, we are the, uh, the people in the lower part because uh, we always being rich. We always have the resources to be rich. But uh, they keep us in a lower level of, of life. So um, we kept it in reggae Spanish, and but they have the resources, you know. Um, uh, Puerto Rico want to take it over and say they started it when everybody, all the artists tell them, no, it's Panama. And because they have the radio station and uh, TV station news, and they could push the music and they took it and try to flip it onto themselves. But the real is the Caribbean, African, Kushite family, Maroon, black mm -hmm. people that started the regular Spanish. But just because they had the resources, they felt that they could just really come and put it in there and say the reggaeton is the way. And, and we keep saying, no, it's regular Spanish. And the truth is coming to light and people realizing that the innovators on the same bloodline of our Jamaican family, Caribbean. And they have Trini songs too from a long time there in Panama too. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they got the most tribes in Brazil, African tribes. It's just like uh, Africa. And Panama is a melting pot too, but uh, Brazil got the most largest tribes 
cassavos, imported soups still to cultivate. And some of them was already there, like in Panama, they already had some African cochise there. But um, yes, um, uh, they have a lot of tribes there in Brazil. And I believe in Sao Paulo, and uh, they love the reggae so much that they, they even paint their houses, and they're all about Rastafari, you know? Yes, because I was I was um, giving thanks and praises, and I told the Almighty that I was in California, and I told the Almighty I would like to sing to our brothers, the old Mex brothers, you know, of uh, Mexico. And, um, and um, I had the opportunity to sing to 30,000 in Mexico, and, uh, and it was in, um, um, what do you call it, the beginning of Mexico. I will remember in a minute, but um, I, I was in Mexico singing the 30,000 in a stadium, and it was it was great. Uh, and I wanted to sing to the people and bless them, and uh, and it was very spiritual and, and very connected. Even though they found out about my music in such short time, the energy was so blessed because they they really realized that um, the innovators of the reggae Spanish, one of them is coming. So once they heard my name and they see I was from Panama, uh, they was like ready to put me on the on the board. You know, Sister Carol I believe was there, and a couple of artists was there. Oh, nah, uh, I went to Panama and sing in Panama, but uh, I was on my way to Peru and doing other things until this COVID. But I was keeping my music more and. Uh, in this, uh, in the Americas, is to push my name first here, and uh, then I was about to be going to Peru, but uh, I got stopped by certain things, and uh, and I was supposed to be going to Uganda, Nigeria, and and a lot of things happened through that is coming up soon, and uh, they was calling me for many places to go and bless them, because um, I was so underground that I was really really calling myself overground, and I handled my own businesses, I never had nobody taking care of it. So it was really independent for real, you know, that I, I deal with my music, you know. We, 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 we can't go ahead. Yes, Ras Pedro. Yeah, Ras Pedro? Yes, family. Yes, Bajan. I'm listening, right? And you say reggae Spanish. So mm -hmm. are you singing in Spanish or are you singing in English? But the tracks that Ras Lawrence was playing sounded English. Yes, I, 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 I do one verse in English and then the other verse. Sometimes he, uh, probably he stopped it, but uh, I have some tracks that I just do straight English. And so everybody could vibe with it. I, I do one verse in Spanish, one verse in English. And so the people could relate to the vibration, what I'm saying in English, if they don't speak Spanish, I'll do it in, uh, in Spanish, and if they don't speak English, I'll do it both, you know, both vibrations. Okay, because we're talking about um, transatlantic slave trade and you know, mm -hmm. colonialism, then we realize that the Spanish and the Portuguese are the first to really enter into the, into the foray of, of, of slavery. As mm -hmm. you know, Spanish, you know, so therefore, from linguistics, then 
you know, you, you would see them that black people then taken, to, you know, to the Spanish-speaking islands, then, you know, would, would, would be, you know, aware of the same kind of treatment, that it was a universal treatment, whether English, Spanish, Portuguese, no, no matter. It would have been the same plantation and the same plantocracy. Um, yes, I. <laughs> so it's not, it's not, you know, it's not that the Spanish is more harsh or more, you know, loving or more, it's, you know, slavery, slavery. You know, no matter yes. the language, I, you know, so it's the same treatment, let it up. Um, in Panama, right? Yes. Marcus Garvey. What, what, yes, you know, what, what kind of, because Marcus Garvey is traveled the Caribbean, you know, as part, um, even, we are called um, the um, you know, traveling from island to island, working, yeah. working in the Panama Canal, working on a yeah, plantation, yeah. And, and observing that you know black man catch hell where, no matter what language he speaks, and yeah, we put a lot, put in a lot of work in Panama, you know, even writing yeah. newspapers, even in Spanish, La Prensa, yeah, La Prensa, yeah, La Prensa, yeah. you wrote to yeah, La Prensa. Prensa. Nicaragua, they're all in the coast, they're all 
stay in the coast and and some of my people in Panama states and in the hill the maroons and they never deal with the government they don't vote so they have their own community and that's all my family too in Palenque and some of them places in the hills they do not deal with no colonial power since since the 1900 because our people come in the 1900 uh, to build a canal in the 1914 it was already completed but they were staying the the Europeans and other races in gold and the African people in silver and accommodating the other uh, Europeans in, in private houses and um, and our brothers and sisters in bunkers in like a hall with a lot of bunkers bunk beds you know so we see the ways they've been treating us from a long time and we need to connect from on our ancestors that ours was traveling fighting this fight in uh and, and people need to know that in Rastafari and Marcus Gavi, we all go uh, all over to unify our people. Mm. And that's what we have to do, and unify our people and, and keep that vibration, like Nani and all of them used to fight, and go island to island to do the work and fight. Because people think people just was fighting for one side of the country, you know. We're trying to fight and go everywhere and fight for equal rights and justice for all, you know. Hmm. All right, well, can I go that? Because colonialism know no boundaries. Yes, It encompasses all. And even even when you say you mean mentioned in Mexico, it was Mexico yes. that gave criminal behind the national platform at the League of Nations to speak and to yes, speak. And so, mm -hmm. if for Mexico, then criminal behind the national again wouldn't have that platform. Yes, man. Stand up for him. You stood up and you know, keep, you know, rescinded so that Highness Class could move for, push forward and then give that speech, which yes, reminded them about you know the coming war and if you know the Western powers hadn't done, you know, didn't do the right thing, then the match that was lit in Ethiopia would burn throughout the rest of the world, and they would see World War Two coming up, yes, you know, because of that situation. So the Spanish-speaking brothers have really played a role. And, yes, sir. You know, even in this time, and, and, and it seems as if they have a, a, you know, a kind of political you know, political awareness in which a lot of Spanish-speaking, like you know, Panama, Peru, you know, Costa Rica, you know, Nicaragua, yeah. these islands, yeah. 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 a yeah. kind of political bent in which they, they really, you know, stand, you know, as people play a role in, in national in, in the national politics mm. in political and, and yes, the nation and, and try to push for that black you know awareness and try to push for you know that black that black man can then get his share mm-hmm yeah so and it's true that, it, it's true and uh, it's true. Uh, but it, 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 we see the, yes. the black man also catch hell because of that you know, because mm -hmm. they, 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 they keep them out of it. Well, you said something a minute ago that struck me and had me thinking that in Panama, there's a certain element of the community that stays away out of politics because of that old way of being treated. Like you said, that, you know, the, how to pay in silver and pay the other one in gold, which, you know, mm -hmm. which keeps you that you, there's no growth or limits your, your potential by paying you in silver 
and and um and and pay the others in gold, keeping them uh, separate and and apart. Yes. But 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 by not participating in the politics of the country, mm-hmm. um, you I don't know how you one day you're going to take over the reign of power. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be able to take over the reign of power if you're not participating in the political process? Yeah. Um. The the point the point of of our ancestors is staying in certain communities. They're still building, they're still um, innovating and doing certain things, but in their own government, and that's the way uh, they move. Um, they will still relate in certain levels with them, but they are not trying to bow down to the colonial powers, and they are unified. We so they're still cultivating, they're still doing the the, the governmental ways. Right. So they're still not trying to really bow down to their system. We we but went, the, the, the we, greater population of Panama is African. How do you hear you say it again? The, the, the biggest population in Panama is what descendants of Africans. Yes, descendants of Caribbean uh, African family. Yes, because uh, uh, it was Trinidadian, Saint Vincent, Saint Kitts. All the people was coming to in twenty and thirty thousand um, to. To build a canal, so this is why I stay in Panama, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Asians, and um, even Europeans and all of them came to Panama to work. So it's uh, mostly African and indigenous Kunas, you know. So, so you actually are the majority. See, this, we've been talking here um, on this Saturday night reasoning that, like, for example, Jamaica, the constitution does not reflect the majority. You know, the ninety percent of the population who are black. Africans, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so they don't really have a say. And as Rastafari rises, Rastafari was a, is, a, is a response, but Rastafari has moved away from that response because they get caught up into the, the religious, the religiosity of mm-hmm. um, spirituality and have gotten stuck there and, and kind of re- re- move away from the politics of liberation. And um, I've made a compromise of sort for their, for their safety and their longevity. They made a compromise. But in order to, to get back on track, to get po- the real political power, to get their own issue, to be able to advocate for their issues being set front and center, they have to get back to the political aspect of it. You know? So I'm seeing if, you, if, if the black people in Panama is the majority and they have, they have you know, pulled their own government um, separate from the the majority, the, from the rulings of the nation, or the, or the strings of the nation, they also have to get back to the string of politics to get back to it. Don't you believe? Yes, because it is, it is like a half and half in Panama, and um, and um, the the government is beginning to acknowledge the the African descent. When we we have in par- parades and etna negra like. Uh, they're beginning to disrespect and stop the racism of the Rastaman and the children, and they're beginning to see what what uh, part we play and what part we still playing in the history and the and the power of Panama. So they're beginning to give more acknowledgement of our community and our issues between the government and the military or police. And they're beginning to respect and give us the opportunity to have a platform in certain levels to speak. And they've been acknowledging Rastafari. You know, uh, we fought uh, uh, some Rastas in Panama, 
and they fought for the equal rights of of, of the dreadlock because in Panama if it was uh, a problem and too much robbery to pick anybody up and they put them in jail and, and we'll cut your hair and you come out like a military man. Mm-mm. So we, the last of us have to stand up and show them that you're not doing that because they're having robbery, we're not thief and we don't do those things. So we deal constitutionally with them and they respect Rastaman that they will not touch our hair. And we have a certain kind of respect now for standing up to the government and, and knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And they have a certain look and respect that we stand up I, to I, them. Are the youth allowed to go to school with dreadlocks, locks on their head? Yes. Yeah, so we was having a, a, a little problem before with them trying to tell us certain things. So we deal constitutional. Some brothers in Panama are dealing with them in constitution and coming on realization and letting them know uh, the real aspect of the religion and the belief. So because we have to show them it's not a religious way, but they want to deal with us in religion, so we're going to give them uh, their own medicine. So we deal with them in their own medicine, teach them that you're not allowed to do certain things when we're doing um, a way of religion, but it's not religion. And we're keeping our locks to the most side. So they're respecting their, their ways, and they're not cutting no one here when they get stopped in the street or if they get picked up for being in certain levels because Panama was in an aspect if it's 12 o'clock and they say nobody in the street or whatever illegal thing the government's doing, no one can be in the street. So until 12 o'clock, so they pick you up if anything. So, um, yeah, we come from those type of energies and we stand up to them and they give us our respect now. Wow. You know... They soon going to legalize them out one or two. They're working on that right now. Power, power can see nothing without a demand. I think that it was, who said that, um, Raspi, can you remind me? Was it, um, you know, way back, uh, black American, that, that was, um, um, what's his name again? Um, oh, he went to Ghana. He ended up in Ghana. Um, power can see nothing without demand. And if, if we, yes, if we, don't, if we don't um, start to demand and the, the demand is a political will, it's a political action to, to be able to put forward a demand. So, you know, the cutting of our hair, if we are silent about it and they continue to do it. I, I think I remember a song that says, if you continue to burn, um, you know, um, destroy our herb or take our herb, we're going to burn down the cane field. And just try to kind of show that, you know, action beget action. You have to mm-hmm. the demand. So to hear what they what they have been doing to our brothers and sisters in Panama, almost like a police state, you know, a, yeah. a extreme repression. But only yeah. not recognizing them now because they might see them as a tourist a tourist draw, you know. Because mm-hmm. Panama to me has always been seen as a place that the, the um you know white America and uh, white Westerners co- go to kind of retire. You know, expat, become expat. That's kind of how they see Panama. Yes, because Panama is, is, is commercial and it's, it's, it's a good place for all our brothers to go there and from there do things to Africa, like ship goods to Africa and do whatever for Africa because we have everything in Panama. Everything is in Panama. And um, we still live in a, com- uh, in a commerce like um, the money value and low 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 ways like you're still using the dollar and the pennies so your money stays in your pocket longer 
there's things in different prices, you know. Mm. But uh, uh, Panama is the central of the Americas. All, all commercial boats have to cut through Panama, and it's a shortcut uh, cut of the world. So everything stays in Panama. From anything you need is in Panama. I don't care what you think, what is on your mind, book, pants, whatever you want to think, any name brand, any clothes, is in Panama. So that's the Caribbean to the free zone area. How does a free zone area work? Yeah, the free from zone. Um, like economics, uh, from I mentioned economics, now I mentioned the canal, Panama Canal, and you know the yeah. fees that is being charged to just use it to, to dock and then to the, you know as far as embarking and disembarking, how do you enter your leave? So that's a big, you know, that's a lot of. And it, it, has the treaty run out yet? Oh, the treaty with America ran out in uh, 2000, and, and um, that's when uh, the Panamians took over all the lands that the, that the uh, Americans had. The Torrios Carter, mm-hmm. they signed that treaty for 2000, but they thought the world was going to be over. But um, uh, that's why they came on Noriega, because they, they wanted to sign again. Noriega was not signing, and that's why they're trying to make him look bad into the news. But um, yes, we have it in, in the year 2000, it was a Torrios Carter. Torrios is a great leader of our country, and he signed a treaty with uh, Carter, and it was for the year 2000. And um, uh, and when the year 2000 came, we we really told them they had to get out, and um, they they left, and they, and the people was happy for that because uh, they wanted to control their own country. Our families wanted to control their own land, and we didn't need no abuse or no oppressors behind us to control the canal. What's the population of Panama? Um, I can't really say through three million to eight million. So, I gotta really so roughly the same as Jamaica. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the predominance of people are of African descent. Um, yeah. And uh, but they isolate themselves. A percentage of them isolate themselves and don't participate in the, the the current government as it's as it is. They try to organize themselves, their own self, and centralize themselves. That's an interesting dynamic because they're left out. They're on the, they're on the, they're they're out of the making of the laws mm-hmm. and the government. The government they're not governed. You know. Mm-hmm. So How inclusive uh, the, the Panamanian government is a civilian government presently. Yeah. And say it again, my brother. Is, is, the, is the government a civilian government or is it like a military? Uh, we have civilian uh, government and military, um, um, and they they deal uh, very strict uh, with the community. And uh, the military only come when it's uh, very serious in certain occasions. But uh, the, uh, the civilian officers um, they come from other places too, and to the ghettos to oppress them more and keep it more oppressed, just like in Jamaica and any other place. They use um, sometimes not from the area, and they come on, you know, press and keep the people more oppressed, knowing that the people are suffering and and it needs to deal with more issues and more respect. And they come like they would like to just kill anyone, a- anyone, and don't have you know remorse. And, and some of them feel like they could do whatever they feel, you know. What was the country that that? Uh, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Rasmi. No, I was thinking about, uh, you know, because when a, a military should be like for defense, 
we shouldn't really turn the military on its people. And we see that happen a lot, you know, especially in, a, in, in African countries or in, you know, in, in, mm -hmm. in, in post-colonial societies. The military is used as an oppressive, you know, arms. You know, it can not just not, not even just in the Spanish, even in places like Haiti. You should see the military, mm -hmm. you know, being used then to go on the street. You mentioned Panama, you know, and Ariel, or the military then would be used. Yeah, you know, we have it in the same way, you know, all, all over, you know, Latin America, you know, they would use the military as that strong arm to really keep the people in check. Was Noriega from Panama? Yeah, Noriega was from Panama. Ah. Noriega was Panama leader. Yeah, he was keeping the country. Yes. Yeah, so. really leader have the little things, but he was keeping the country living and... And I will. I want to show you this curse, all right? I want you to put it into your heart, into your mind. Our country was run in such a disciplined manner that we didn't have really guns in Panama loose uh, from the time the evil uh, America KKK, I call them, came in and started this issue with Noriega because he didn't want to sign the treaty for the canal again. Um, they, the way they came at us with war, and people were saying civilians, civilians, if you look at some videos, they still were killing the civilians. They came and tested their, their missiles, their lasers, their fire torches on people, and they uh, test a lot of a lot of equipment in Panama. They burn people, slice people. They did a lot of technology in Panama. Mm. And uh, by they coming to Panama, uh, their government, Noriega, because we don't have no real military like everyone else with the the forces. Uh, that's why that's why Cuba was calling him in Venezuela to come because he didn't have the power to stand to the Americas. And they lose all the guns in all the ports. So by that curse of America coming to our land to stop problems, every children now got guns. But in our country, we only, we only had really knives in the streets not really guns like that so it polluted our area by they come in to invade and do the brutality to panama so now you're saying the violence that the young the youth are are using against each other is for the fear yeah, the it's like new york right now it's like really guns. really really like terrible mm. and the youth can telling you like they have seven bodies in in the tattoo themselves and show you the little teddy bears in his fingers and tell you almost teddy bears they got, I mean, they kill a lot of bodies and they're 15 and 16, but we don't have, we didn't have guns in the street. Wow. See, when the Americans came and they get them loose so we could fight with them, you know? Right. Yes, beloved, this is the world that we're in. So the majority of our people who have been, who have been taken out of Africa end up in a lot of these Spanish um, speaking country. And uh, the oppression is such, it's so stark that you physically cannot see the color. I heard in Costa, was it was not Costa Rica, but in, um, not Venezuela, one of these other countries, they, um, they started to... Um, they Colombia? I think it was Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. Yeah, they started to ship out the, 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 the Africans by sending them to war. They put them in the front line to get killed. This is how they really started to... To, to get rid of the, the dark-skinned, um, Spanish-speaking um, people. They literally yeah. let them become military and, put the, and let them go to war. 
Yes, I believe they said it was doing it in, uh, I believe, in Argentina. Argentina. Paraguay, yes, in Argentina, so, too. I think it's African, so. I think it's Argentina. Yes. That's how they get rid of it, so they could lighten the population. They actually, in, 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 um, also in the uh, Dominican Republic, that's how they say it. They say they want to lighten they don't want to lighten the population, so they send they send our brothers and sisters off to war with hope that they will get killed, they will get slaughtered in there, mm-hmm. and and even minimize their weaponry and their, their you know their protection, so they can get killed. Yep, the same way in the Panama Canal, they was put in the front line where they doing dynamite. Uh, they was just using us like like they were, we wasn't worth nothing, you know. So the same energy worldwide. So. This is my duty to unify our brothers and, and the music in, uh, in building and economics and unified in an underground level that the only leaders in Pilate selected the first and, and we keep it that way to, to keep them from trying to destroy, like they always trying to destroy our family from uplifting our community because we don't need nothing from them. But what they um, stopping us from building from the Marcos Gabi have millions and millions of dollars that could be trillions and trillions of dollars. And um, from the Black Wall Street in Oklahoma that they stopped, that they have their own cars, their own business, their own banking, their own pumping oil. They, they, the money was rotating 30 times with the community before one dollar would come out into the, into the colonial power. And they destroyed us so. That's why you see us right now without banking, not looking like the Chinese brothers that have their own banking, like the Italians, you know, and all of them that have their own community with their own banking because they stopped us. It's not like we want to be in this level. It's that they place us in this level and put us in this level. And in America, no African man cannot have nothing here if we don't stand together as the Jewish population and the Italian population because we would not have nothing. We're not allowed to have nothing. And unify and centralize, because when we did it, we already supposed to have enough, not even to look at them, and they know it. Well, so you, that's why they stopped us from the Black Wall Street to Marcus Gavi, because once you have the resources and the money, no one can tell you nothing. You control your community. Right, so, you, so you're right, because as, as you say, every time we get together, because as you said, the solution is us getting together. But as you, they, uh, they, there's a uh, active process to stopping us, and historically, to stopping us from mm-hmm. getting together, from achieving these things. So, you know, that's 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 at play, wherever we are, you know. Yes, that's why Africa got to stand up, like the king say. And when Africa stand up, the whole world will be blessed. So, if Africa stand up and all our community connect with Africa, we will be okay because the foundation is Africa, because they're not allowing us. Like you could see, like brothers and sisters working and doing their thing, driving their cars or whatever they're having, with their own hard work and and, and suffering. Like that, Mikey said, work for yours. And then you driving and you part of the government, but they see you as as just a dark man um, trying to increase themselves. And they pull you over because you're not allowed to drive those those type of material. You're not allowed to look good. You're not allowed. This is what they created in the system. And our brothers and sisters need to see that, that we need to put our money away from this place and build. And if we're building here, but the foundation should not just be here. It should be a connection with Africa. And um, if, they're, they, if their empire fall, we don't fall, you know? 
So the issue, the issue for me is, is, is who? The Africa and just like the, the Latin American brothers and sisters have to be claimed. Somebody mm-hmm. had to claim us. The people, yeah. they have to come up to it. They have to understand, I get an overstanding or understanding to a level that they see that they could invite us to come back home. To make us to to prepare to prepare a place for us to come back home, and then unity, and then the protection will be seen. That then we could speak in one voice wherever we are on the planet. But in, yes, in, because we, yes, because we don't need nothing for no one. No, we have resources. There's enough for everybody. We, we only need to tell them what we want and and make them bow to it, because uh, uh, our Africa has all the minerals. Now, if they want to come to our land, there ain't no government, no president, no prime minister supposed to sell no land. They're just caretakers. They're not allowed to sell our land. So now if they want to build in our land, they should rent the land. And if they want to build a mine, they have to build one for us and one for themselves. And if they want to build for themselves, they have to uh, build one for us. And if they sell something, they have to sell half of theirs and half of ours that we are mining. They should not, they should not come there and don't invest in the community and in nature. You need to invest them in nature. They have to put into agriculture. They have to put into cleaning the air, cleaning the atmosphere. They can't come there just to take and, and suck out Africa, and they have to build schools too. So mm-hmm. whoever don't want to do it, you just run them out. This is what they have to do. They have to bow down to the rules, and that's the way we could uplift Africa. We don't need um, to beg America to do this. So it's already there. They mm-hmm. have to bow to our rules. You build here, you want to build a mine, you want to you want to um, build like a, a building or something, you have to build one for us, too. You know, we don't have, we, we're, not, we're not selling your known land, and you come with our rules. And that's the only way Africa could stand up. Amen. We're giving everything and giving everything, and we don't have nothing. Third world country. Yes, no, I don't believe that ever. Yes, brother, I hear you. Amen to that. Um, you know, I wanted to know, um, relative to how do people not only in, in Panama see themselves Relative to the, the black, the black um, Panamanian, how do they see themselves sep- uh, relative to the white establishment? Because there's a lot of Spanish community, they they re- refuse to be African. Um, they take only from it this, the the dancing and this and these other skills level, but they don't really, um, you know. I guess even in, in America, black people don't want to be black, uh, but in in the, in the Spanish community. There's a big trend of not wanting to be recognized and see themselves as African. Yeah, it's, it's really um, some individuals that don't have the knowledge of self and uh, they didn't check certain, certain books or certain vibration of the history. And we can't blame them for that because some of them are lost, you know. So if, if, if you, you don't like just like sin, if you, if you never uh, sin through the first tongue. So um, some of them don't know um, by being oppressed, they don't know some of the knowledge of the history and know who they are, how powerful they are. So they feel like they're Spaniards. But um, now in Panama, we have, like I told you, like we're having this, uh, this parades and everybody's dressed. And, uh, even some Spaniards know that they are African, dressed up in the garment and parading to the whole, to the whole country, the president, and all respect and, and honor those things that's happening. And everybody's standing up as African in Panama. Mm-hmm. Well, they're calling themselves Afro, uh, uh, Afro-Panamanian, but uh, we still want to make sure they know the Maroons, Moors, uh, Kurds, 
um, Ethiopian. They got to know the nationalities who stand in the United Nations and in, in the whole world. So we got to stand as in, in knowing what um, what we are, not just black, because black is not a nationality. So now we have to show them uh, we are Moors, Maroons, Ethiopian, Kushites, Incas, Maya, Chokoi, tribal people that identify in the whole world, you know? Right. So that, that's what... Well, but, 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 when you look at, um, in as far as blacks and maroons, a maroon is a runaway slave. A maroon mm-hmm. is not a tribe, not a nationality. It's, it's an individual. It's a runaway slave. So that yeah. still doesn't give you, you know, that, that at least to me, that kind of mm-hmm. nationalism, that kind of national pride, like you said, as, as African or as Ethiopian, you know, mm-hmm. in, which, in which you identify them, you run away from where, you know, yes. from, so unless you make that, unless you reconnect. Because like earlier we spoke up with speaker of Marcus Gabriel, right? And Gabriel mm-hmm. said that a no good black man is no good, he's no good anywhere, even on the continent. So even if you, you leave Panama, Jamaica, anywhere, or you go to Africa, and you still have that mindset, then you're still, you're still living, making that progressive move. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're, you're still in, 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 in that Western, you know, so, oh, you know, oh, was ratified right and transform. Who, who was one of the, 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 the artists, like a reggae artist, can I say a reggae Spanish? You mean proper reggae artists that influence you and really give you, put you on that path? Well, reggae artists? Yeah. I, um, and Moreno, Moreno, I wanted to make sure you know Moreno is what they call those as Moreno, dark people as Moreno instead of calling those black in Panama. And um, Moreno, Moreno is more in the dark. Yeah, but like, like which artist, you don't say, you know, and the kind of yeah, influence uh, on you. Yeah, I heard it, but I wanted to make sure that how they really identify us in certain levels. And what artists, yes, the artist was coming with um with a, a Spanish artist that uh, started influencing called Ruben Blades. He was singing for the population about color and people of other colors that don't want the children to mix with the children of other colors. So when he was singing this uh, salsa music, he was talking towards the ghetto and influencing the ghetto to know the racism in Panama. Which that genre was salsa? Yes, yeah, yeah, hold on, yeah. So Ben Blades, yes, he was the one that got me to listen to lyrical and then Bamali and um, and Burning Spirit and Peter Touch. Yeah, uh, started listening to some of the vibration of of how to uh, liberate in their music in uh, the way they're speaking and the way they're bringing uh, the word sound to the people, enchanting it in an Ayabingi order. And seeing how uh, Bamali took um, uh, his imperial majesty onto the color of a man's skin, up no more significant than the color of his eye that would be war, mm-hmm. and put her in a war song. Uh, all those things, I was, it was my my sight to go into a Rastafari. But um, just to make sure you know that I was in a Spanish-speaking country, so uh, the only person that was in, influencing in certain levels talking as a Rasta was a salsa artist who was singing to the community and from there, Glasper to, to Bamali, 
when I started listening to the reggae and pizza touch, burning spear, some good vibrations that I started uh, vibing in Luciano and some of these artists that started coming up. And um, that's how I came into my journey of reading and checking the, the, the vibration, how, how Bamali speaks the community, simmer down in certain vibrations. Any current artists, you listen to any current artists? Any of them have any influence? Any current artists? Uh, I yeah. believe the, um, uh, the, um, Luciano and Richie Spice and those brothers are doing good, powerful music, you know. What about Chronics? Um, Chronics, yes. Young man coming up doing the music, I can't really say too much um, uh, I'm really checking them out and it was uh, midnight coming in with um, knowledge wisdom overstanding with a different dialect uh, of this of this right. island and um seeing all the other artists pushing the work you know like um like really um I was listening to this um to this artist from Africa I'm trying to remember his name Loki Dubin Lucky do it, yeah. Powerful music, and the life was taken away. So, is this is a serious work, and um, and I've been checking it out. How they trying to annihilate artists that's pushing the work of the king in in highest of levels. So right now, they are the artists that influenced it because I see the struggle and why they went through and how far they got to touch the people because the music never dies, and. Uh, our spirit never dies, and we keep rising up to the next level, you know? Mm. So how how are you impacted as an artist by this environment with the COVID-19 so-called pandemic issue that's waving in the country right now? How do how are you impacted to be able to be productive and, uh, and produce? And given that the old way was to be in front of an audience, how are you mm -hmm. producing now? How are you impacted? Yes, it's, it's very serious because uh, the people need the energy, and it, 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 it has impacted me very hard in, in, in productivity and shows. And um, because I did work in the mountains with Quinto Soul from Mexico, I was doing a lot of shows in California. So it tapped all that energy to connect to the people and the supporters at the same time. So it was re really uh, hard blow to us from this COVID-19 and not be able to connect and make the sales that we have to. So it stopped us in that level of, of trying to build and, and, but we don't stop. I don't, I don't stop. I keep doing, I keep doing, connecting with people and trying to make sure I pass the music to the generation because the use is the one that we have to uh, arrange and prepare, you know? Right, right. So um, I want to continue playing the song, that you, uh, the first song that I was playing before. I let our audience hear it. So, burn Babylon, King Selassie, free Rastaman. Judge Amani, where the emperor bless Rastaman. Ethiopia, where we from, Kuz, where we depend. Burn Babylon, empower me Rastaman. Ethiopia, where the region, where the hell come from. Addis Ababa, where the wicked stand. With the practice, prayer, and the biggie man's song.
take on the issue in a, in a religious and a more religious bend um, in, in carrying the message out. A lot, a, a, lot, a lot on the spiritual side. Yes, because um, um, I took the Nazarite vow, Numbers 6 in Leviticus 19. So uh, when the king uh, called me, I just uh, separated myself from everything. And um, I went home and, and I just departed from everyone, my friends, and I started reading the Bible from one page to the end, and that was like 20, 20, 20 27 years ago, really. And it kept me away from uh, from parties, anything that I was doing in the world. And I thought I took the king in my home, and I started, you know, I, I didn't go to Nayabindi yet, but he chose to take me to Nayabindi, he was spiritual too. But I went in and read the book, and... And from there, uh, I took the Nazarite vow I'm reading, and I took it from there, no vine, no liquor, no, 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 no coming around, and dead entities and certain things. And, um, and that's the way I came into uh, my highest level by fasting 40 days. So when my music is coming to the people, and, and I'm touching them with the energy of the king within me, and this is hard work and dedication. It's not just... Uh, being rusters and don't follow no orders and just trying to be just, you know, because there's a lot of people out there proclaiming certain levels and, and, and they're walking in the street doing certain things that they put everyone in the same level, you know. So I just trying to lead by example, not to point no fingers, mm. but um, and just keeping the meditation on the fast because without the fast, 